welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Have you ever had a mentor who has invested in your life? Well, whether you've called them a mentor or not, my guess is that you've had at least one or two people who have played a key role in helping you through life or school or work. Well, today we're talking with Kelsey Chapman. She is an author and business coach and a podcast host, and she has a book on mentoring called What They Taught Me that will be published in 2020, and I had the privilege of talking with her before it even comes out, so I'm very excited about that. And she truly expanded my thoughts on mentoring during our conversation. Now, one of the reasons why I love these interviews so much is that I get to learn from people who are passionate about things that, frankly, I'm kind of ignorant about. And I know that you love learning right alongside me. So today, I want to introduce you to Kelsey Chapman. She's a creative and marketing strategist who is passionate about equipping entrepreneurs to build their business, grow their platform, and steward their influence. And it's her mission to help women turn their dreams into profitable ventures that can allow them to live with both freedom in their finances and their time. Now, in this episode, you'll learn how 10 formal mentors have helped Kelsey in all aspects of life. Uh, You'll learn the power of mentoring to fast forward your life, why mentoring is both receiving and giving, and how to find and develop a mentoring relationship. All right, let's jump into my fascinating conversation with Kelsey Chapman on the power of mentoring. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, David. It's a joy to be here. I love your accent, first of all, because (laughs) as we were talking about before we hit record, you grew up, or did you grow up in Nashville? Yes. Oh, yeah. Born and raised. Okay. Right outside. Because I was born, actually, I wasn't born in Bowling Green, Kentucky, but that's where I was raised for up until I was 16. So it's like an hour away. I spent lots of time in Nashville. Yeah. Love, Love Nashville. Most people think music in Nashville, which is a big part, but there's all... Sorts of oh, stuff in Nashville besides food, music. The food. And really, I'm from Murfreesboro, which you might know, but oh, I just say I Nashville that because it's easier. You're lying. I did not know that. That's a, um, that's, that's a different place. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Murfreesboro girl, and I'm not, I'm not trying to hide it, but people just don't know where that is. So. Yeah. That's, a tough, that's a tough word for people to yeah, say if you're not from there. It's only yeah. 30 minutes away. So. Well, we're, today we're talking all about mentoring. And so, first of all, I want to start by just asking you, why is mentoring so important to you? Oh, man. I could go on and on. Um, I have just had some incredible women step into my life. I have been writing about it for the last year. I've had 10 really solid, formal mentors step into my life and invest in me. But there have been countless other women who have invested in me along the way as well. Um, I think it probably started, uh, I love to tell this story. It, it started with a woman named Linnell and she was my best friend's mom growing up. We lived, you know, five houses down, but the fun story about Linnell is that I wonder if she's okay with me blasting this all over the internet, but it's going to be in the first chapter of my book. So she'll be fine. But she was engaged to my dad long before, you know, they ended up meeting their spouses. And then, you know, they broke it off. My dad married my mom. She married an amazing man. And um, how inconvenient that her daughter and I became best friends, you and know, lived down the street and lived down the street. So then they had to do these weekend drop offs, cultivate 
you know, our friendship, deal with facing each other regularly. I know that I would not love to see, you know, an old ex-boyfriend from college that I refer to as Voldemort. And so, you know, that would be really inconvenient if my child became best friends with theirs. But I love, I, I love to say she taught me how to love because the selflessness in which she um, approached the situation when it could be a very painful reminder of a not so glamorous ending to their relationship. Um, But she's been like a second mother figure in my life. I mean, I just went to Maine with them last summer. And so um, she has been a consistent person who has invested in me, even when it's inconvenient since I was a very little girl and, and their home, you know, my parents have moved around. Their home is a more permanent picture of my childhood than even mine because my parents have moved a lot. And so um, she's just one of many examples. It seems like for every season I've needed someone to guide me, someone's been there for that exact role. So whether it's Lucy, who's showing me how to balance a career and family and saying, no, you can have it all. You don't have to choose. You can have a career and you can have a family and a happy marriage and friendships that are great, you know, or Karen who helped me survive not conforming in church and showing me how I could just show up as 100% me outspoken, not, you know, uh, uh, someone who's just going to go with the flow. Like, no, I have an opinion and I'm going to, I'm going to share it. Or, you know, Anne and Amber who have helped me navigate my career. I've just had someone step in for every season and I'm, it's, it's forever impacted my life. And, and I think gotten me further than I could have ever gone alone. And so I think that's why I'm really passionate about mentoring. With all these mentoring experiences, how would you actually define mentoring? which you probably did as you're writing this book, I would assume at some point you had to come up with a definition. Yeah, I would say, I mean, mentoring is investment, but it can look different in every season. You know, I'm not anti um, defining it, but at the same time, like my mentors have looked so different. So there's someone that was already there that just was consistent. But then there was Amber who I started paying her. Like I found her through a Facebook ad. She was my career mentor. But then by me stepping up and investing in her and saying, how can I serve you? We became so much more than that. And it's now like I'm part of her family. And so, you know, I think mentorship can take on very different roles. It can be very casual where you're not exchanging, you know, tips or tricks or cold hard facts in a monthly coffee date and you might just be sharing your life or Amber basically gave me my business model as my career mentor. And so I think that um, it can take shape in a lot of different expressions. And that's, that's really why I'm writing about it because I think, you know, we're all waiting for Oprah to step in and swoop in and be our mentor. But the reality is, is that's, don't hold your breath. You know, Oprah already has people in her life and her circle that she's investing in. And the way she can impact you is through, you know, the more mass production of her shows or her podcast or whatever, her books. Sure. Um, but, but often we do have someone already around us that is willing to step in and invest in us. And it's not perfect. They're not going to be perfect. Sometimes I've learned like, oh, that mentor is killing it in their career, but I don't really want their marriage. And that's okay. I can right. learn from that. I can chew the meat and spit out the bones. And so... Well, I, I have not heard that saying in a long time. That is hilarious. <laughs> chew the meat and spit out the bones. That is a poster waiting to happen. I have, uh, I have some Southern phrases uh, up my sleeve. 
<laughs> so here's a inter- here's an interesting, Kelsey. Um, you know, uh, it seems like what you're talking about is a mentor is someone who is influential. There's someone who's making an impact on my life. And it sounds like it may or may not be formalized. Although a lot of you said all 10 of yours have been formalized in some way. Um, the uh, I and I wonder, I, I, I love talking to you about this because I would say I've never had a mentor. And, and, and I have not wanted a mentor. Um, yet I wonder if it's even that word. I wonder if it's my personality. I wonder if it's generational. Um, I hear uh, in the reading that I've done um, that maybe uh, one or two younger generations than myself would be seeking out, would be wanting mentors more. So I don't know. I don't know. I should do some research on that if Gen X generation doesn't mentor that or uh, doesn't value a mentor. When I think back in my life, um, I can think about uh, people who have made an impact that, I mean, deep impact. Like I always tell this story about Buddy Morris, this t-ball coach that pulled me aside at age five, like and even, you know, impacted my life, even just in a single moment. I think about um, two, I was really into photojournalism in high school. And so I had two teachers, one in Kentucky and one in California that really gave me a chance and invested in my life. I can think about, um, a youth pastor. Um, but, uh, I wonder why counsel me, Kelsey, help me understand why am I resistant? Not for other people. I'm not resistant for you having, you know, this term mentor. It's not like I'm anti-mentor. I'm like, no, 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 it's all good. Whatever. Um, even my daughter, like she's 19. She has a couple mentors in our life. And I think to myself, I've never told her this, but I'm like, why do you do that? Like, why do you have a mentor? That's so weird. Like, you know, but I'm thankful for them being in a, Tell me what's going on inside of my head, Kelsey. What's maybe, up with this? I mean, maybe it is generational in the sense of, I read a statistic that was like, uh, the millennial generation wears therapy like a badge of honor. Like we love therapy. We talk about therapy. Who's your therapist? What are you doing? And so yeah. we love input, I think. And so maybe that's something that's a little different. And and even the mentors I've asked, I remember asking Harriet to be my mentor. And she was like, wait, and she, she would be Gen X. And she was like, wait, why? <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to learn from you. You know, you are happily married. You have a lot of friends. You're not too busy all the time. Oh, I'm just so busy and so overwhelmed. You have thriving children who don't hate you. Show me how to do it, you know? <laughs> and so um, she didn't feel, you know, it, when I when I talk about Harriet, I talk about someone who probably doesn't think she's qualified to be a mentor um, mm-hmm. or doesn't or wonders why the heck I'd even ask her. Um, maybe that wasn't a huge value to her, but I'm like, I just want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. I just want to shortcut the distance of, you know, I can... I can learn from, and I don't mean that to just glean, 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 because one thing I do like to cover when it comes to mentorship is we've got to stop being takers. Like if I have another person who emails me and asks to pick my brain, I'm like, no, you don't want to know me. Um, and so I'm, when I step into the role of a mentor, I'm a lot more open-handed when I feel like someone actually wants to know me equally, mm-hmm. because I've yeah. had plenty of situations at this point where it's like, Oh, they just took my information, but they don't care about me. And so, um, I don't really have time for that at this point in my life. Um, and so I think I did also have just really good luck with my mentors because I really cared to know about their life. So often we'd be sitting across the table and they'd be telling me their personal things. And I love that. I hope that I can make it as valuable and beneficial of a relationship for them as it is for me. Sure, sure, sure. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, one of my top five strengths and strength finders is input. So I like to receive input. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I love learning from people. So I'm learning from you, right? Right in this moment, you're helping me, you know, process this kind of concept. I'm going to have to do some research on this whole concept of mentor. I'm going to tell you, maybe inside personality wise, I'm feeling like, uh, uh, am I, do I, I might feel like I don't want somebody telling me like their thing all the time. Maybe, um, I don't know why you're going to make me do some soul searching, Kelsey. You know, your Enneagram number. I'm a one. Oh, oh, okay. I'm a magnet for ones. And so it's really interesting. I'm a seven. Uh, it is really interesting. I love input from my mentors. I do not love input unsolicited from all of my friends. Sure. And so I, I can shift gears because I love input. If I ask someone to be my mentor, you know, have a voice in my life. But I, I had a friend who was an Enneagram one and said, so when is it okay to give you input? <laughs> and I was like, when I ask. Uh. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I wonder, I mean, I, I would say even as an Enneagram one, I wonder if it's like you think in terms of right versus wrong and maybe you feel like you have a measure of where that's at and having someone else's input, like you're, you're motivated by your internal compass, not an external compass. Yeah, I don't know. But I like, I like asking lots of questions. I like asking a lot of questions. I think it's like an ongoing relationship. I think what probably what I'm resistant to is that I'm resistant to an ongoing relationship where I'm like, meeting with someone and like somehow they're, you know, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't want to be somebody else's mentor. I feel that too. Um, but I'm happy. Maybe it's even the word I, if you, um, but I love coaching people. Like I love helping people. Maybe the term coach is more helpful for me. I don't know, but I love that you love it. And I love that. other, (laughs) And I love that other people are benefiting from it. Um, so, okay. And this is not about me, Kelsey. This is about you. Let's quit, well, let's quit analyzing me here. It's wonderful. I could talk to you and get all my research of like my marketing <laughs> words I use for this book because some <laughs> people are not going to pick it up because of the word mentor. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why. But I, um, but I like the concept. I mean, I, the whole idea is basically just influence and helping one another. It's all about helping the other person. And I love helping people. You know, I love helping them in whatever way. Um, just the other day, I was on a photo shoot with uh, two individuals. They were photographing me, and the gentleman was uh, in his 30s, and he had said, um, I'm trying to get this video business off the ground, and people at my church won't even help me. People in that business, I've asked them, and they won't, you know, like they they won't even sit down for with me for coffee, you know, and, hang, and I was like, oh, I'll do that anytime, you know, just call me, tell me, you know, yeah. I, I'm happy to do that. So anyway, um, let's talk about... Um, you talked about the woman, your, the woman that could have been your mom who <laughs> was like your first mentor. You know, I don't know if that was a formalized relationship, but, um, let's talk about a couple of moments in your life that have been pivotal where you can point to a particular mentor and tell me how they were pivotal in helping you navigate that moment. Oh man. Um, well, I'll go back to Linnell. I, I think that's the first one. Um, and again, she'd probably be the least formalized out of everyone um, just because it was so happenstance, but we're so close and connected. I'm like a third daughter to her. Um, but I remember going into college and um, her and her daughter, I, I had become a little uh, 
over-the-top Bible thumpery at the time. Um, Really, really just diving into my faith, but zealous and out of touch. Um, College is a good time for that for people who are Christians. So, yeah. It is. I remember having a conversation with her, you know, that was over 10 years ago, but having a conversation because her and her daughter and I are very close again, but we, you know, I, I, I think I had a a breakup with her and left God's love letter on the car. I mean, it's the equivalent of a pamphlet. It's really cringy and painful. Um, but I remember talking to her and, you know, here we are 10 years later having this conversation in our living room last year. And she said, Kelsey, with your childhood, you would have either gone off the deep end or, uber religious. And I knew that was saving you, even though it was costing us so much pain. And so I knew it's what kept you, you know, or what saved you and allowed you to obviously mellow out over time and really, you know, normal out, but it helped you, you know, keep your life together because it really could have been a hot mess had you gone the other direction. So I knew you were going to go one of two very extreme directions. And so I was okay with that. It was really painful, but I knew it's what was going to save you. Um, not save me faith wise, save my life. And so um, just to hear her grace and compassion. And again, always coming back to unconditional love. Like she has loved me when it cost her so much. And um, I think with, Stepping in the role of mentoring, I have this group of girls that I was a young life leader to them in college, and a lot of them are um, like sisters to me now. And to walk with them and to to be able to love them unconditionally through really, really hard seasons, total deconstructions of their faith, total deconstructions of everything they believe, everything they want out of life, um, any type of pain, they've navigated it. Um, And to just be able to hold space because I've been shown unconditional love, not with an agenda, not with her trying to change me or mold me into being who she wanted to be, to be true, just love. Like my life was forever changed by that. And so it shows me how to offer it. Um, Another mentor, um, I think I, I kind of talk about them in tandem, Amber and Anne. Um, They're my career mentors. I found them at just the right time. I, you know, was a total cold audience to one of them, you know, found Amber through a Facebook ad, have been on Anne's email list for a few years, um, and in a space that is totally oversaturated with every type of coaching program possible, I think something intuitively was attracted to their generosity and their openness. And in a space that's very like closed handed and I'm going to hold this information close because someone's going to take it and step on me to get to the top. You know, they show me how I want to show up. And so uh, both of them sat with me as one, one algorithm crushed an agency I ran overnight. I, you know, had a six figure business, um, 50 clients and Instagram changed one algorithm that I could no longer operate as usual and did not feel like I was supposed to pivot into ad ads management because that's a whole another ball game. And so they sat with me as I rebuilt and offered so many hours of input of like, where do I go from here? You know, um, they've not just been like fair weather friends or mentors. They've been there in the in the trenches where, you know, my husband doesn't know how to give me advice for that stuff or input. He's not in this entrepreneurial space. And so, um, I've just, again, like been so impacted by the generosity of women willing to share their wisdom, 
um, share like how they've grown and evolved and how the hard times didn't crush them. Let's talk about how do you find a mentor? Because uh, you talked about a Facebook ad, which is a totally different situation. But like, if I feel like, okay, I'm uh, no matter what age, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, something, you know, finding a mentor has nothing to do with age. Like I I don't, I want to make sure we're clear on that. Um, How do you go about that? Usually, you know, I I don't discount that I'm really relational. Um, So I have a lot of people in my life at all times. And I know it's very normal for people to not have friends or not have a community. And so I will start with community. But if you're not there, I will tell you where to find one otherwise. So I already have a lot of friends. And, you know, especially in Tennessee, um, have a full life of, you know, different age groups here in Colorado. I don't know as many people who aren't my age because, but I have met a mentor here because, you know, you just meet people your age when you're out and about. But I do like to learn from from women who are a few steps ahead of me age-wise so that I can kind of, again, learn from what they've learned in life. Um, so I first draw from the community I have. Who's someone that people respect? What's something I see that, like, I want and I don't necessarily have or have the roadmap for and say, hey, can I just take you to coffee once a month? I'm really looking um, and it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I think I, I think I probably, again, with Harriet caught her off guard because she was on a board of something I volunteered with. And I just said, Hey, can I, I, I really like admire, um, admire you. I'm not going to be a weird stage five clinger about it, but I'd love to go to coffee once a month. And so we did. Um, and then sometimes they're going to say no. I've definitely had people. Do you ask, like, do you ask for like once a month right from the beginning? Or do you say, hey, can we go to coffee once? Maybe I'll say once. Um, It's been a while since I've formally asked someone to be my mentor. So uh, maybe just like once. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know everyone I'm talking to. So I know that I'm not weird about it um, or really a clingy person. Um, So like there are definitely intuitive boundaries at play. Right. right. Um, But ask someone to go to coffee coffee and um, see if they'll go with you again. And maybe it can become something that's a little more um, happening on a more recurring basis. But even mm-hmm. moving here, I didn't have a community. But over time, this lady, Catherine Toon, is someone that, I mean, I, I feel like I was supposed to move to Colorado just to meet her. Um, I think we got here because of what we thought we were moving here for. And I don't think I would be operating with like the wholeness and freedom that I am operating with had I not met her. Wow. So lots of mindset work with her, but she, you know, I got here and she, I, I joked that she's like the counselor to our whole friend group. Like all of us go to her for like our huge life decisions. And, you know, and is that more of like a, a paid coaching kind of she's not situation? Paid, no, I mean, I think people do pay her, but I ended up serving a, a lot of times. I really, and, this has worked very well for me. I look at my gifts and talents. I'm great at digital marketing, social media. Those are my sweet spots. So I'm like, Hey, you've got a book. I'd love to help you market your book. I'd love to help serve you. If we could just meet regularly. Like I often offer to give something. So someone doesn't feel like I'm constantly taking. Mm -hmm. And I think because people are used to takers, they are so open when they feel like, Oh my gosh, Hey, this person, I always ask about her kids. How are they doing? I know what's going on in her life. And I know a lot more about my mentors' lives than most people who might be learning from them because I ask and I I, I just am relational and, and not genuinely one, interested. Yeah. Not one-sided or transactional. Right. And so um a lot of the times and that too with my 
with Amber, who um, started as a paid mentor, and and I am in her masterminds, so still a paid mentor in a capacity. I often get just more access because I serve as well, um, because it's it's even uh, it's a weird feeling for me to even just keep taking. Like I want to give back. Like what mm-hmm. can I do for you? You know. Mm-hmm. So you're helping me diagnose my own brain as you're talking. I love this because I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to take advantage of the person. So I'm hesitant to ask for that time or energy. So Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel that. And I feel the messiness of the relationship. Like you, you're what you're describing. I'm like, oh my gosh, that seems so messy. Like you're, (laughs) you're, you're like helping them, but then like maybe something else. But I have those, I have those types of relationships with, friends in my life where I will oftentimes do, you know, lots of things for them because I'm the same way. I've got all these different skills. They don't have it. I can help them. They help me. I have a friend named John. John owns um, one of the largest collections of retro pinball and video games in the world, over 1300 pinball and video games. And, uh, that's, it's just a huge amount. It's a massive warehouse. And, uh, I do stuff for him all the time because I know he's going to do, he's doing stuff for me. It's, uh, it's yes. I don't know. I don't know if it's mentor. I mean, I am learning from him. It's definitely not a mentor relationship, but I, 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 it's that gushiness. You are so, you're so comfortable with the gushiness of the relationship. I, I mean, I am an Enneagram seven, so I'm okay with things not being defined. I'm very like mystical and fluid and whatever, you know, and I don't like expectations at all. So I, I try to set expectations in the relationship and be just really direct and communicative, but I'm, I'm never, just because of who I am, I'm never going to be like, I demand this is my expectation out of you investing in me. Right. Right. I I do fully recognize someone can be listening and more prone to that. So my, my advice is don't be a weirdo, run your expectations (laughs) by someone else, you know, but if you feel like, in a in a lot of times, your expectations with a mentor um, is is you're not going to figure out your missed expectation your expectations until they're missed right. because they're subconscious. Right. But I will say I've run into a few mentors um, who position them that, themselves that to me, or I had asked, and because um, they're a little bit older than me, they're more seasoned in my industry. It didn't work out. And so they weren't, I, they're, they're not like, I don't consider them a mentor, but it, it looked like it was going to be that. And then it didn't. And it, it was mostly- What are some of the reasons why? Mostly because the relationship was really transactional. And that is everything I'm not. And so, you know, I had this mentor who needed something. I had, I had pitched, hey, I would love to learn from you. I would love to do this for you. I run this Instagram agency. I'd love to serve you and grow this. If you would just meet with me once a month, you're, you're like, you've got a full roster of writing and speaking gigs. And I want to learn how to move into that. And um, I'm, I'm not trying to give away too much of it. Though, sure, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, or just make it too obvious. But, you know, we had this trade and then, and this happened twice. Um, the second she didn't need that service, gone. Not The calls just ended. We didn't even have a closure call. And so I know that I've mentored a lot of women. If I was receiving a service from them and I decided I didn't need it anymore, I'd probably still have a few more calls with them because I, at that point, I care about them. I've invested in them. I know their life. I know they're in the middle of a transition or whatever. Um, And so the first time I chalked it up to, 
and this is the same person. The first time it happened, I chalked it up to maybe something happened in her life. Like, but that was kind of weird and abrupt. Like we had our trade, we met monthly, and then she just emailed me and said, it's over. Um, second, she didn't need that service anymore. She wasn't care. She didn't care about investing in me. Um, but I was kind of like my, a little bit, my feelings were a little bit hurt, but then I was like, you know, don't make it mean something. It doesn't mean year rolls around. She reaches back out. Would you like to trade? And I'm like, actually, here's my prices because I realized it was a transactional relationship. So if she wanted it to be transactional. It could be transactional. I have 50 clients. I did that for every month. And then it happened. She asked again a few months later and I was like, okay, like I, I, I just need to reset my mindset that I'm going to learn until I no longer learn from her. It wasn't three weeks before she pulled the plug again with no follow-up call. And so I'm like, okay, this is a really good example of someone who really actually isn't interested in investing in me. Um, She is interested in getting something out of me. So I just need to treat that like a client and that's okay. Hurts my feelings, but it also shows me not my kind of girl. But I think you have to say people only can give what they've been shown. And so I'm in it to show people that it can be done differently. And I've had all of these amazing experiences, but maybe she's only ever had transactional relationships modeled. Right, to her. right. Um, and so that, that's all she knows. And it's awkward. Um, and it's fine. I'm not going to make it mean anything about who I am because I have plenty of really high level w- women investing in me where I know I'm not annoying or a burden or anything like that, where I know that I give equally and I show up to serve and they feel, you know, again, I was at a retreat with Amber, the one I started out as just a total paid mentor, more like a coach, but moved into a mentoring role, like having a way more formal say in my life. And she was like, you're like family. You can always come early, you know, to these events. And I'm like, I love that. Um, And I think it's because I have shown up for her as much as I can, it might not match exactly what she's given to me, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely intend that. So mm-hmm. I've, I've learned the hard way sometimes. And, and like you're saying with your friend with pinball, I have friends that I do this with too, that are not, there's not as much of a hierarchy. Like they're my friend. They're not, right. but I do want to learn from women five, 10, 20 years ahead of me, because I do know they've charted territory. I haven't yet. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Okay. So would you say that everyone is a possible mentor and mentee? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you can take what you know and give it to someone else. And sometimes again, I, I I think that happens more in the form of a friendship when both parties are interested in learning from each other. Mm -hmm. But, um, I do think we have these disconnected generations who think like every that generation's out of date and that generation's lazy and you know but we can actually all learn from each other Mm -hmm. i mean it could be a huge gift Mm -hmm. so you talked about the ending of the one mentorship that kind of went sideways but it seems like mentoring has been a seasonal experience in your life because you don't have all 10 of these people right now as a mentor not that you couldn't go back and there would be a very special relationship but how do you kind of end a season of mentoring? Yeah, I think most of my cases, we've just naturally like stopped meeting as often. I've never had like a, this is the end of this. You know, sometimes I've moved, sometimes they've moved, sometimes their lives got really busy because of a career change or, you know, 
kids graduating college, um, stuff like that. But most have just naturally transitioned. Sometimes, I'll say this, sometimes a mentoring relationship loses its magic a little bit because y'all become just friends. And a lot of my mentors have just become friends over time. And it just ends up being, we meet less often, but we're just catching up. And that's Mm -hmm. great. It's not bad. So uh, most have just naturally just transitioned. Mm -hmm. That seems like a beautiful, that seems like a beautiful transition because it becomes more, less of a hierarchy. And the hierarchy is not about value, but it is about they have something to bring to the table that you yeah. don't have. So that's obvious. But then if that could transition into a friendship, boy, that seems like now they've raised, you've risen to the occasion yeah, um, r- relationally and maybe skill-wise. And yeah, and I think the key there, like people are like, but what? Like, how, how are you doing that? It, it really is like any, if you show up to serve and, and maybe you don't have a tangible you know, skill set that's beneficial to your mentor, but even service and how are you? You know, I definitely, I have a mentoring program and I hop on calls. I've definitely had calls with girls who they, they're just going to tell me their thing. And it's more of like a coaching role, but then there's the sweet spot when people really let you into their life. And then, you know, they're invested in your life too. That's really special. And you feel known. And, and the phrase, like, as I've even with some of the women that I've, worked with that are like really operating at a high level in their career, it's lonely at the top. So they are so welcoming to me asking about their life because no one does that. They think, oh, they're really well connected. They have all these friends, but it's like, yeah, but they still care about people asking about their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you have a program where you mentor and coach other individuals, entrepreneurs. What are some of those ways that you can help someone? If somebody's listening to this and they're an entrepreneur or they're looking for somebody, obviously, you know, you're not, you're not opening your door to a bunch of mentees showing up at your door in in Colorado, (laughs) but uh, what are the ways that you're helping entrepreneurs these days? Yeah. So I think my gift and it's, taken a long time to like nail down exactly where, where I add value for people. Cause I can be like a jack of all trades. Like if I learn something, I'm going to teach it. If I can 10 X my email list, I will share, share everything. So there's those benefits in my programs of like, I grew my list by 8,000 since April for free. And I want to show you guys how to do it. Or I love marketing. So I'm going to share everything I've learned marketing wise or branding wise or operating your business, understanding how you're wired. I love the Enneagram. But I think my biggest gift is often someone can sit down with me and tell me what they want kind of out of a career, maybe like what makes them burn. And I can see the trajectory sometimes clearer than they can. So I can really help vision cast and then map out a plan of how we're going to get there. I It's called dream to done because a lot of times dreamers just aren't doers. And so how can we actually take tangible steps to making this dream, dream a reality? Yes, it's going to require sacrifice. Yes, it's going to be hard, but I'll be with you every step of the way. And that's that's what I love. It makes me, it totally lights me up. So very cool. And is that a one-on-one program that people could enroll in or? It's a group program. So, you know, I love that they're going to be on calls with other women. There are some one-on-one options to have some just us time. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the sweet spot is you're pinging off people who, you know, I learned, I, I started in a program like this. And one girl said one thing in a maybe 
15 second snippet and a call that I was like, I can do that. And, you know, added 5,000 people to my list with that one strategy because my peer said that. And so I love the group calls for that reason. Very cool. One of the things that I love about your website, and and by the way, uh, to get a, uh, connected to Kelsey, um, you'll go to KelseyChapman.com. Now, we'll have that in the show notes and on our website and social media and all that good stuff. But I want to talk to you real quick about something on your website that is really attractive. It's really, and, and I say that attractive, not even necessarily visually, although it is, it is attractive to me just because it was unique and you call it the radiant manifesto. What is this? And I know people can even get a copy of it. Yeah. You'll mail it to them. Yeah. And so I, I think we, um, you know, connectedness is obviously really important to me. And so I wanted to create something that I could physically pop in the mail to someone. And it's not, it's super cost effective. It's not like I'm spending a ton of money producing these, but I'll order 500 of the prints and send this sweet manifesto out to um, the people who have signed up for it. Um, It's a poem that kind of just a reminder that you're capable, you're enough, you can do this, your dreams are worth pursuing. And I, I don't take credit for the conceptualization in any capacity. My friend Kate was doing something similar. She had like a declaration card because she's a mindset strategist. So she had all these, you know, mantras and declarations that she had a postcard she sent out. And I was like, that's a great idea in an age where we're really all disconnected or we have like 2,700 PDFs cluttering our desktop from free downloads. This is something that I can tangibly provide to someone and then they're getting on my email list and we can stay connected for the long haul. And so, and it's just a a dose of what they're going to get from me. And so I was like, oh, but what am I going to say? Like, I don't even know. And so I found who ended up becoming a really good friend of mine, um, a poet, Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram and uh, just sent her a voice memo. (laughs) I was like, I can't even type all this out. I'm just going to tell her my ideas. I love her work. And I was like, hey, what would you charge to do a custom piece? And she does that. And so um, I, I gave her some words that I certainly wanted in there and then the kind of ideas I wanted covered. And then she crafted something beautiful and it's the Radiant Manifesto. I'm going to read it. Okay? okay. I don't know if I'll read it like you would read it. Or do you have it in front of you? Do you happen to have it in front of you where you could read it? I'd rather be your voice and my voice. I think I do. Yep, I do. Okay, cool. Read it to us. And then if you want a copy of this, um, and I'm going to get a copy, you will just go to KelseyChapman.com and you can click the button and bam, she'll mail this to you. So it's really beautiful. Go for it. She will be radiant. She will send out light, ever bold, ever bright. Morning and night, she will shine. For even in the unknowns, her soul will burn gold with passion and zeal to give her all and take the journey. She will make the most of every day for every second paves the way to actualizing her dream and becoming who she was meant to be. With every breath she takes, her heart will illuminate for people, for purpose, for love, for grace. She knows everything will not be perfect, but she knows it will be worth it. She will keep going. She will be shining. She will be confident. She will be radiant. Morgan Harper Nichols. Yes. So good. All right. So KelseyChapman.com, K-E-L-S-E-Y chapman.com and we'll put that in the show notes which you can swipe up on your phone right now and check those out or go to insporising.com of course and get all the deets on all your social media stuff kelsey you've got a book coming out in 2020 on mentoring is that correct Mm -hmm. 
Tell me what's in, do you know the title of it yet? Right now it's called What They Taught Me. (laughs) And so um, we will see if that's still the title, but I think it will be. Good, good, good. Okay, so What They Taught Me, 2020. You can't pre-order it yet, but you can go to KelseyChapman.com and sign up to get the manifesto mailed to you. And then you'll be on her email list. And then you'll know when it comes out and you can pre-order it on Amazon. It'll be awesome. Thank you so much, David. It has been a joy chatting. I want to encourage you to check out all that Kelsey has going on at KelseyChapman.com and be sure to ask for her Radiant Manifesto. She'll mail you a copy. I've got one sitting right in front of me on my desk. It's absolutely beautiful and inspiring and encourage you to pick up that today. If you need any of the links to her website or social media accounts, just check out our show notes by swiping up on your phone or going to our website at InspoRising.com. And also, if you've been inspired by this episode, tell a friend, someone that you know has been thinking about being a mentor or getting a mentor, and maybe this conversation would inspire them. So take a screenshot of the episode on your phone, text it to them, tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on the Apple or Google podcast app that's already on their phone, tell them to subscribe and listen to this episode with Kelsey Chapman. All right, until next time, have a wonderful week.